out the corner of my eye, I saw a pretty little thing approaching me. She said, I never seen a man who looks so all alone. Hour two of the WRSU crew, a summer crew edition on a Monday with lots of Rutgers athletics coverage jam packed. I'm Eddie Kalegi with David Palumbo, Ellis Gordon joining us via Zoom. Uh, obviously, all episodes available on Spotify. So if you did not catch hour one, it'll be posted in a bit and you can check out Greg Schiano speaking with the media about Rutgers football and a full press conference with Rutgers men's soccer coach Jim McKeldry. But we're going to switch from fall sports to the winter now as Rutgers men's basketball, they held an open practice. Everybody was there in action. Steve Peichel met with the media and a couple of player interviews as well. Gideon Fox, our sports director, as well as Ellis Gordon, we're both been in attendance and we've got some audio to play from that. So uh, without further ado, let's get into that and we will start with Steve Peichel's opening statement to the media hours with these guys and then the weight room gets four hours so we get eight hours um, it's not like a huge amount of time but it's enough we've been doing two hours of team and two hours individual stuff so I like you know in the individuals you can see the improvement on guys and then with some of the younger guys you could see the improvement as the weeks go by uh, but it's been a it's been a great group you know like that's Cliff is working and playing at a high level and obviously Paul is, you know, at a high level, the veteran guys have come back better. And, um, and then the newcomers have been really good, like picking up stuff. You saw like a lot of our, you know, I call them our vitamins every day, defensive vitamins, our standards, jumping the direction of the ball, and, you know, all the different things that we do defensively. So those guys have come too. So, you know, it's been a great group, you know, really to work with. And it's, you know, summer's they're catching their breath a little bit, but they're also taking classes and they're also spending time in the weight room. And then they come back. Like this group is, whatever time you pop into, you know, Cliff is early morning guy, so you'll see him in the mornings. Mawat's been here in the morning and at night. You know, Cam Spencer's been a really good addition because he's in the gym a lot. Um, Antoine and, and Derek are, you know, figuring out, and we just got Antonio coming too. So Charles, so he'll hopefully be here soon too. So gives him a chance to get a really good feel. It gives us a chance to try some different things and learn a lot about, you know, our team. And it's been a good, you know, it's been a good group. And we got a good balance of the veteran guys that've been around and, and the newcomers bringing some great energy. So that, that's been fun for us. Steve, what's the adjustment period been like without Ron, without Gio, and how has this group managed to uh, to mitigate that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we got a good group, you know, of guys anyways, and, and we got some older guys too. Andre Hyatt's been around college basketball for a long time. Cliff now, obviously, um, Caleb's not here right now, but Caleb is obviously a guy that's going to come back with a tremendous amount of experience. But Cam's been a player too in the Patriot League, 20 points a game. You know, he's been around too. So uh, Dean's played a lot of minutes. Mawat has been here for a while. Oscar's been here for a while. So get a good good blend and you know you're going to miss some things with Gio and and, and uh, Ron obviously but I think we'll be a little bit different we'll be different defensively we'll be different um, offensively in, in, in some ways too so I'm excited about that you know I knew shoot I was thankful Ron came back last year because he had good feedback from the NBA you know last year so thankful we had those guys obviously Gio got an extra year you know with the COVID so but knew all along we you know, got to get ready to replace guys just as we're going to this year when Caleb leaves and um, what have you. But, uh, you know, Jalen Miller's been another guy that's come back better and stuff. So, 
you know, this off season has been good for us. It's been good for me to figure it out. Thankful my staff has returned. These guys are great, you know, working working with the guys. But, you know, obviously I'm excited about, you know, this group. Anytime you get the leading dunker in the country back, you get the leading assist guy in the best league in the country, and then you get the best defender in the best league in the country, you know, you, you feel pretty good about your team. What's it like watching Cliff develop to this honesty? Yeah, I mean, you see him shooting the ball today, yeah. too, at the end. Um, yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's one of the most coachable kids, um, but very driven basketball-wise. Like, spends a lot of time here, um, and the, his teammates love him. So he's got a great personality for your team, too. Um, you know, we're going to expect a lot of him. This year he's going to have to play more minutes. Um, you know, he became almost a double-double guy every night. He's got to get to that point where he's a double-double guy every night, and I know he can do that. Um, it's just been fun. Been a fun guy, and he's improved as much as anybody in his two years. When you so that was the opening statement from Steve Peichel. He also referenced uh, filling the gaps with Geo Baker, Ron Harper Jr. gone. Of course, Caleb McConnell being back is key. But someone specifically he talked about was Cliff Amore, and he's going to be going into his third year, a center who had a solid freshman year playing uh, as the reserve behind Miles Johnson, but really. Came onto the scene in a big way, had some ferocious dunks, some big blocks, and was a key reason for Rutgers' success as they made their second straight tournament run last year. Here's Steve Peichel talking about Cliff Amore. You put what he puts into basketball, his body, and how he eats right, and all the things he does, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's been fun. And this year he'll take on a new dimension because I'm going to let him shoot the ball. I mean, he can really shoot the ball. Even last year I was encouraging him to shoot the ball. He got to the point where... You know, he's going to be a tough guy to match up within this league, the way he runs and the way he's committed to, you know, improving his game. Like, I just see him, his ceiling is so high. Jamil at six foot seven was just, you know, grounded a little bit. This kid is above the rim kind of guy, a guy that can really, you know, take on a lot. So it's going to be a great year for him. And he's looking forward to it. So, What's the so some interesting news there about – Cliff Amore stretching out a little bit. And Ellis, I know you posted a video on Twitter when you were at practice today of Cliff draining a three, just I very did. calm, casually, just throwing one up and hitting it. We've seen him do it in warm-ups before. Yeah, well, I'll be honest. He didn't make that. I mean, he made he made a good amount of them, but not that many of the ones he shot um, in practice. So it wasn't that encouraging. That might be just coach speak, to be honest. I, but... Yeah. I will say the practice got me well. First off, hype for the basketball season, which I already was. Second off, I think this team's gonna be good. I really do. I think. I think Spencer will be a great ad. I mean, if you're if you're asking me, give me two players that shine from practice and one player that didn't. And of course, you gotta take this all into consideration because you know one practice out of a million, people can have really good practices. People can have really bad practices, of course. Yeah. So I'll give you three players that shine. And I, I think three would be, well, in order of how I thought they did good. Watt Mag, Derek Simpson, Jalen Miller. If you haven't heard of these three players, start getting to know them. Watt Mag was drilling mid-range, defensively looked so sharp, so sharp. And mid-range, he was just drilling them, free throws, drilling They didn't really shoot the three today a lot. Um, But... Regardless, um, I so I didn't really see him that much, but excelled at everything. Fast breaks was doing great. Um, it was nice to see Cliff, by the way, dunk the ball again. Missed that on a separate note. Derek Simpson, 
I mean, I I I already had Noah Mag as a breakout. I didn't really know what to expect of Simpson. He, I mean, you know, I I interviewed him personally, talked about how you know he's similar to Geo, and he is similar to Geo. But I'm sorry, Geo, he looks more explosive. The layup package, the dunk package, he can jump out of his socks like. He, I feel like he on defense he had some mess mistakes. Obviously, he's a freshman; it's going to take time to adjust. But I mean, in terms of pure athleticism, in terms of pure finishing, in terms of pure electricity on the court, he shocked me. And I think I think Giddy could also. Both me and him, like we at one point we just looked at each other. I'm like this nice. They're running fast break plays, and Derek Simpson kind of over under layup, and we just like looked at each other like, wow, we did not expect this. Um, Jalen Miller defensively looks great. He blocked Paul Mulcahy in, in, uh, in like three on three drills twice and pretty much back to back, uh, which Paul was pretty frustrated on, but he completely blocked Paul Mulcahy. He was, I mean, you know, Jalen Miller is going to bring that tenacity on defense every single time. And the, the only other thing of note I'll say is Antoine Wolfolk kind of. Oh, people! A lot of people didn't talk about. He played football for a long time, just starting to play basketball. Um, was streaky here and there, but when you look at him on the court, the one thing I want to say is was he's a he's giant. He's the tight end. He's Antonio Gates. He's a Jimmy Graham. He is a man at freshman. So be excited for him if Pico can access. And it wasn't like he was bad on practice. I was just saying he didn't like. He was a. It's hard. It's hard to make sense of on practice, but. I'm just telling you in terms of pure eyeball test, he looks like a giant. Um, in terms of both size, but like also like mass. Like this is a you know Big Ten's physical. This is a like he's will bang with anyone. I already can tell you that. Um, in terms of disappointment in the mid range drill they're doing, Andre Hyatt missed a lot of them. <laughs> but you know it's practice. But yeah, I think the big takeaways is Derek Simpson has a chance to be electric. Moat Mag is going to be good, very good. I really liked Mawat Mag last season. He played really well in some of the biggest games. And, you know, when Mawat Mag was out with his injury in January was actually when Rutgers had their worst stretch in Big Ten play and they dropped a couple of very winnable games. So when Mag was out there, he was really an enforcer. And uh, in a couple of minutes, we'll play some audio of what Peichel's opinion is on some of these other guys that uh, Ellis mentioned. But, yeah, I'm really impressed to see Mag and as well as Derek Simpson. Yeah, you got me hyped. I was talking about Simpson because all I saw, all his high school highlights, just as a pure scorer, man. He's He sounds and just looks electric as someone who could just score the ball. Like, he would just light up 30s pretty much oh. every night, bro. He was so good in high school. And, yeah. Because, you know, obviously, again, he had some definitely, like, on some of the defensive drills, got beaten pretty easily, honestly, if I'm being honest. That's fine, though. He's a uh, freshman. He missed, yeah, and he free throws – he missed a surprising amount. Like, if I had to give you a rough estimate on the free throw drill he did, he and I was looking at him because he was closest to me, so I actually just I was paying special attention to him. I would say he went forty to fifty percent from the line, so that was also a struggle. But in terms of pure athleticism, scoring like, the ball, wow, you like handles, speed, jumping out of your like socks, like just like that kind of stuff. He might have been. I don't know. He might have been the best on the team other than obviously Cliff. Right? Yeah. Because Cliff is a freak of nation when it comes to that. As a freshman, he already might be the second best on the team. You know, Paul's great, but he doesn't, he doesn't really have that athleticism. 
Um, Moat has somewhat of that athleticism. We know Caleb too. But in terms of like, I mean, he could do some crazy stuff in the air. And his bag is deep. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you can listen. You can teach free throw shooting. And if maybe yeah. obviously free throw shooting, I'm not judging him just because he had half or a little less than half his free throw shots. One practice in one summer. Yeah. I'm not judging him off that. But even let's say he is a bad free throw shooter. You can teach that. You can teach defense. And Pykel, we know, will teach defense. I'm sure he'll be in tip-top shape by the end of the season. You can teach, um, you can, you can teach like, plays, right? Like, how to, like, IQ to run the offense. But you can't teach pure athleticism. And that is what he's got. And when I interviewed him, um, I mean, just, I mean, great guy. He was, he was very nice, very friendly. Great guy. Um, and, you know, Jalen, you know, everyone uses that term. Yeah, it's kind of a joke. You got that dog in him, right? And Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, right? But I think it's a little overused. Jalen Jalen Miller. Oh yeah. Me, I will say me and Giddy, we were a little like he said he was he worked on a shot a lot, but we were looking at a shot, me and Giddy, obviously I'm no basketball expert, but it had a very weird rotation and it didn't really go. His mid range actually went in a pretty good solid around the time, but his three point shot went in like very few times. And it it looked like it kept on I I felt like it kept on curving right. And I, and again, he was the one during the three point shooting drill, he was the one near me, so I was just looking at him a lot. So again, it could be just I was over attention. Like but yeah, so back to my point though, on defense he's got that dog on him. He will I asked him today, I asked him like so I asked my last question to him was, Oh, who are you looking forward to locking up? Just a fun little thing. Said everybody and anybody. I don't care. I do whoever Pico puts me on, Coach Pico puts me on. I'm gonna lock him up. So he's just that guy to hear. on defense. And you always need a guy like that because he's gonna he's going to inject energy into this into the Jersey Mike's arena. There is just no doubt. Him and and you know him and like you just want that as fans, right? You want players like Cliff, like now Derek Simpson, like Jalen Miller, who can inject complete energy into the crowd. And all those three guys are going to get it. Like, he, those blocks, and remember, Jalen Miller's 6'2". Paul Mulcahy's 6'6". And a pretty muscular 6'6 at that. He swatted Paul Mulcahy like it was nothing. Um, And, by the way, Paul had a great practice. So, like, it wasn't like, you know, I'm not, no slander towards Paul. But you could tell he was frustrated being guarded by Jalen Miller. And, and Pykele himself said that Jalen and Caleb are the best in the Big Ten at what they do. So, those three guys, you got to look for them. Yeah, that, and, you know, just defensively it's really important too because while Caleb McConnell is back, and I know he's the reigning Big Ten player of the year, as someone who's coming back now to try to prove his worth so that next year he can go into the NBA draft, I feel like McConnell may take a bit of a step back defensively to focus more on his offensive play because we saw what he did in the first half of his last game played when he exploded for 18 points against Notre Dame in the first four and I feel like he's going to be somebody now that's going to focus more on his offense to show that he's not just a defensive specialist and can also, you know, produce offensively to make himself more viable for teams in the future. I think he's going to take a step forward offensively, but I think he's also going to take a step forward defensively. I don't think just because his offense gets better, his defense is going to lax. I think he's a dog, like you're saying, too. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, I've heard him talk about it. He won Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. What's next? Just sit there and be... Just content? No. I'm going for National Defensive Player of the Year, which is what I like to hear. But that was the other thing that stuck out when I heard you talking, Ellis, and heard the interview. When these, like, electric Big Ten guards, like Jalen Hood, Shafino, A.J. Hogard, Sky Clark, when they come to JMA, 
dude, we have three lockdown guard defenders. Like, that's going to be really exciting, man, to have Jalen Miller, Mag, who could guard guys slightly taller too, but it's going to lock down guards. And then Caleb, all just locking down opponents' guards. Like, that's going to be really exciting. And then there will be guys who take step forwards too, right? There are going to be so many other good players in the conference, but to have three defenders to shut down guards is just that's going to be fun to watch man yeah and you already saw last year how Rutgers was able to use their defense to power them at times that game against Illinois where they shut down Curbelo and Kofi Coburn at home and obviously the crowd helped a little they but shut down Curbelo yeah. Trent Frazier the all their guards and Grandison the yeah nothing the, the defense top to bottom was great and it wasn't Geo Baker and Ron Harford Jr. making the defensive stops. They're not losing much defensively. They're losing stuff on the offensive side in terms of passing and clutch shooting and clutch play late in games. Sure. But they're lose. They're not losing much defensively. They're adding defensively. But we have some more sound to get to. Um, we we also want to talk a little more about Derek Simpson. Uh, we'll play the interviews as well. But two more sounders from Peichel. First, Simpson and Antoine Wolfolk, who is a very interesting power forward prospect, six foot nine from Ohio, and for a Rutgers team that didn't have a true four last year. And if Cliff oh, is going to be shooting the ball, go ahead, Ellis. Peichel said he's definitely going to get time this year. Yeah, I don't know, how much, but Peichel did mention that. So that is key to know, you know, for a Rutgers team that doesn't have tons of depth, you know, with the bigs and if Cliff's going to be shooting the ball, you know, you need someone else down there can can use their body and Dean Reber is more of a stretch four than a five, so just bringing in someone with size and like Ella said, with size and with mass. So let's hear Steve Peichel talking about Derek Simpson and it. Acclamation been like for Derek and what's he bring to the table? Yeah, I mean, he's so athletic. He's one of the most athletic guards we've had, I think, since Corey Sanders. You know, he's above the rim. He shoots the ball, you know, effortlessly. Has a good feel for the game. Now he's just kind of learning our defenses and the things that we want him to do. Um, but, I mean, his ceiling is, is is tremendous. And he's been very coachable, which, which I really like, you know. And so he and his roommate, Antoine, have been really – they're good additions to us. And Antoine's going to be really good, too. He's a very interesting player. He can really score. He can really handle the ball around the basket. He's defensively he's picked up stuff really quickly. Yeah, he's, he's gonna, as good a screen coverage guy as we've had, and that includes our veteran guys already. So, um, yeah, excited about, excited about those newcomers. Steve, I wanted to ask you. One more soundbite with Coach Peichel coming. Of course, the transfer portal also somewhere where people wondered what Rutgers was going to do this year, and they did bring in Cam Spencer. So here's Steve Peichel talking about Cam Spencer. Uh, transfer um, Cam Spencer. Obviously, did you just see him in the portal, and it was like you saw the tape. That was it. I want him. Or... Yeah, I mean, you know, um, you know, the portal every day is popping up names. I'm very selective too. You know, I felt like we needed a. A real need for shooting the ball, and um, I knew he could do that at the highest level. You know, I watched the North Carolina games. I watched the games where he played, you know, against the up teams, and it was very productive. But then the more film I watched, the more I really liked him. Then I got him on the phone, and you know, awesome family, real competitive, you know, really good people, good student, a team guy. Come in once asking for A, B, and C, just wants an opportunity to play at this level. Um, it's really excited how he's blended in with the team and 
you know, so I just watched a lot of film after his name popped up and we started making some phone calls and we're very fortunate to get him up here uh, on a visit. I remember his brother a lot from Northwestern, real competitive. Now he's in the G League. He just, in, in a, after not playing basketball for, for four years in college and then being in the G League after one year at Northwestern is a pretty good, pretty good leap. So um, excited about what he brings. He's mature. He knows how to play. He can shoot the basketball. His body's real physical. He's 218. He's got good size, you know, he shoots free throws at a high percentage, you know. So, uh, you know, watch the film, talk to him on the phone, liked him more in our conversations, and, uh, you know, very selective in the portal. You know, I, I thought we needed that, and he's come in and given us that. So, excited about him. Get him for two years. He's really, really excited. Well, and that's a key point, too, you know, two years of Cam Spencer, and that's a position they certainly needed. But let's finish out our basketball segment, three-player interviews, and we'll start with someone we talked about a few minutes ago, uh, Derek Simpson. I think for me, Cam Spencer, I think a lot of fans are curious about him. So like you, what would you tell fans about his game? What's it like on the court with someone like that? That man work hard. I'm going to say I see him coming out the gym every day. You know, um, I hang out with him sometimes at the apartments, but when he's coming back, when I see him coming in, he's coming from a workout. So I'll, I'll tell the fans, you know, you'll, you'll be surprised by Cam. That boy worked hard. Good to see you again. Yeah. See you a lot. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, I missed most of the interviews, so I just want to jump a few questions. What can fans expect? What it, where you're at in your journey right now, what is your strengths as a player? My strengths as a player is my athleticism. Um, I'm able to uh, break a player down, get to the basket, make a bucket, or dish it off to one of my teammates. I think my best ability is being a point guard and, um, you know, talking to my players, kind of motivating them. Uh, I think you'll see a lot of that from me, you know, talking to my big guys, you know, help me out, you know, call out a screen, stuff like that, just to try to keep my teammates on the roll. And that, that's, I think that's going to be my biggest part this year. Gotcha. What do you think the area that you probably want to see the most growth between now and the first game? Um, let's say uh, my ball handling. I think my ball handling and my, my playmaking just needs to a little bit get, get a lot better just because, you know, it's a different level. So I'm a, step, I'm a step ahead of where I was in high school. Um, you know, I'm gaining a lot of weight and uh, getting a little bit stronger. So I think I also need to use ability, have the ability to use my body a little bit better. So, so you guys Yeah. Before the uh, practice, you know, Coach Spike was talking about how fast you were and how good of a dunker you were. You know, where are those two? two kind of attributes come from? Yeah. Um, like, what can they incorporate in the game? Uh, like yeah, like, where'd you, you know, how are you able to get fast? How are you able to dunk and uh, jump and everything? Um, you know, I have a blessing from my mom and dad. My mom was a good swimmer, tennis player. My dad was a basketball player. Um, you know, both of my sisters played. So I was always I was always used to playing sports growing up. And, you know, I always, um, people always tell me I'm quick off my feet. So, you know, over the time before I got here and when I got here, it's all, I've been working on a lot of explosive stuff and stuff like that. So, yeah. Cool. You, see, you, you said you're most likely to be playing the point this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's the transition like been for you? You know, coming to the next level of basketball, moving into a new place. What's what's all the whole transition been like? Um, you know, it's it's hard. I'm not gonna lie. It's uh, you know, my first two weeks here, it was it was almost a struggle, just because you know it's 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 a whole different level. It's a whole different mindset when you come to college. And you know, I'm playing with guys that just played in the NCAA tournament, and you know, everybody has a goal this year. So the mindset is a little bit just a little a lot different than high school. Um, you know, in high school you want to win a state championship. When you come to college, you want to win a national. You want to win a country. You want to beat everybody else in the country. So, you know, it's just a it's a great experience, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. You have a, a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. I mean, if you hear Coach Peichel talk about you, obviously 
sounds like you're a four-star, five-star guy coming in who's such great expectations for you. Yeah, uh, national recruiting gurus out there maybe didn't see you always in the same light with a you know five-star rating or anything like that. Do you feel like you kind of came under that radar a little bit? Yep, I think Pipel found me at a great time. Um, you know. I, I always talk, you know, when my people, my family, and they say that, it, that all that stuff doesn't matter. You go out there, you work hard. Time will tell. And, and, and you know, um, I think right now it's a it's a great start so far for me, uh, learning wise and everything. So, you know, I don't I don't care about none of that other stuff. You know, I'm just I'm here to work. That's it. Yeah. Was that an, an appeal for this program that they've taken guys like yourself who might be a little undervalued on that national scale <laughs> and turned them into top Big Ten performers? For example, Geo Baker. You know, um, wasn't really highly recruited. You know, Rutgers was his was his big time offer, and Pipe Pipe paved the way for him and told him, you know, you come here, you're gonna get you're gonna get better, you're gonna become great. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm trusting the process. Right, you were the so same much. number as, as Joe did. Are you guys close? Do you guys, have you guys talk a lot? We, we talk a lot, yeah, yeah. Um, past, like, month or two, you know, he's still been here. So, you know, I talked right. to him a lot. Um, and yeah. Cool. Yep. Uh, what was it like having having Ron back here? I think, I think Coach Sam Ron was here uh, recently. Mm -hmm. um, let's say the NBA is a whole other step, too. Uh, the work <laughs> yeah. is a little bit different when you get there. Um, you know, he's in here. He's she's. He's working hard in here. He came back here. He was working out like two, three times a day. Played pickup with him, and he's just a, he's a beast. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Derek. Yeah. Yeah, and a very you know a team with lots of experienced seniors. What's it been like to be one of the newer guys, one of the freshmen coming into this program? Um, you know, it's been you know it's it's really great to you know once again you know come a part of a team you know that's that's made a great run. And, you know, learned a lot. But um, uh, being a part of this team is uh, you know. It's great because we all have different type of guys that uh, can contribute their roles and everything. Um, you know, once again, like Paul, you know, he's a great leader. Um, we got, we just got everybody else who kind of talks around me and stuff like that. And do you have any personal goals or expectations for this season? Uh, personal, personal goals is to just become a just become a better player. Honestly, um, I think if I become if I can become a better player, you know, now and coming towards the steps forward, you know, the, I'll be I'll be great. But. Um, Personal stuff, you know. I want to be, I want to be the best freshman in the Big Ten. You know, that's that's a that's a big goal of mine. Um, I want to do all that stuff, but you know, before all that, you know, I want to, I want to win. I want to win, win the Big Ten. You know, win a national championship. So that's what. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Yep. So that was Derek Simpson uh, joining this team, one of the freshmen on this roster. Let's shift it to someone who's been here for a while and is going to take up quite the leadership role in this team. That's Paul Mulcahy with Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. gone. Paul Mulcahy took a lot of positive steps in the second half of last season as a passer and also as a scorer. So let's take it to uh, media availability with Paul Mulcahy. Like overall impressions of this group compared to past years, you've been through this a lot. Yeah. What's the vibe of this team? Uh, we're really connected right now. We're communicating at a high level, especially with a couple of new guys. Um, they jumped right in. Voices have been great. So we're really competing. Um, but this group really loves basketball, which is fun to be around. Um, everybody here is in the gym. Everybody's playing. We pick up a lot. What's it like doing this without Ron or Gio? I mean, those guys are like, they were the program, you know, in a lot of ways. How do you sort of fill in those voices? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of voices here. A lot of dudes have been working hard for a long time. Um, so we got a lot of hungry dudes that are ready to play. Mawats has been getting better each year. Oscar, Dean, Cliff. Um, there were a lot of voices that have been here, so we're good. As one of the veteran guys in this group, have you felt the need to kind of take a leadership role with those two guys on? Uh, yeah, I mean, I had a leadership role since I was a sophomore, um, internally in the locker room and stuff like that. So it's nothing new. Um, but we got a lot of guys that are coachable, a lot of guys that really love basketball, so it's easy. 
Yeah. Well, how do you think Cam fits in the back row? What does he bring to this team that may not have been there a year or two ago? He, he brings big time spacing. Um, can really, really shoot the ball at a really high level. Uh, again, loves basketball. Dude is just locked in on basketball, which is awesome. Um, and he's going to, you know, give Cliff easier roles to the rim. He's going to be in, uh, in the corner hand shots. And, uh, he can make plays, too. So. By far. No, it's incredible. I've never seen somebody get, like, legitimately mad if they missed, like, two in a row. Like, he's not used to it, so he could really shoot the ball. What are your impressions of Derek Simpson? Really athletic. Good kid. Um, Do you remind you of anybody? He's wearing Gio's number, it looks like him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but they're different players, different people, so. Oh, what'd you wear? Everything. Um, I'd say it was my best practice, but this will be the best basketball if I got well. Because um, no one's really seen who I am, so uh, I'm ready to kind of do that. Well, it's like preparing for the season without having Caleb here. Uh, it's been good. We know Caleb. Caleb loves basketball. He's always in the gym. Uh, he's always talking to us still. Um, he did the pro route and he's coming back. So I know he's getting better and better. And no one worries about Caleb and his, you know, what he's working hard. How much more is it having back? Caleb, awesome. I mean, you know, like big guard, loves defense, loves basketball. But that's like the key with this team. Really loves basketball. So um, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I'm so happy he came back. To have Dean and Mawat back for another year after the breakouts that they had last season, how much does that make it easier on Cliff and Andre up front? Yeah, um, it'll, it'll be awesome. Dean is he's very versatile, can do a lot of things on the offensive, defensive end. Um, Mawat is a big-time basketball player. Hopefully, stay healthy, and Mawat's going to be really good. Can you believe that you're going to be a senior now? <sighs> Not really. Um, it's, it's, it just went really quick. I haven't got the really... On that note, Paul, what would it mean to you to potentially bring this team to a third straight tournament that would have been four for COVID? What would that mean to you? Yeah, but this team is bigger than a tournament. Um, I mean, that's an expectation that I came in with. Uh, and we want to win the big time. We got bigger goals than just making the tournament. So. Thanks for sure. Well, that was Paul Mulcahy chatting with the media. And let's close it with this Mawat Mag, who Ellis was talking about. Very impressive in the open practice today. So uh, we'll finish it out here with Mawat Mag's uh, media availability. Back. This is Guinea Fox standing with Mawat Mag just after practice. Mawat, tell me a little bit how you thought about practice today. Oh, it was really good. You know, I felt like we had high intensity. Everybody got better today. Uh, we went short for one hour, but I felt like we, we played really well. Everybody was talking and we had fun. So that's what's important. And what are your overall impressions of summer practice? You're still a couple months away from the season, but what do you? What are some things that you like about this group of, of guys out on the court? Yeah, we've got a group of workers. Everybody's just coming in, trying to get better. You know, defensively talking, offensively being in the right spots, and just competing, trying to push push ourselves to get better day by day. And you've been here for a couple of years. You've seen a lot of different players come through here. So what's it like getting ready for a season without having guys like Gio and Ron around? Uh, I feel like it's it's. Um, it's a great challenge. I wouldn't say a challenge, but it's a, it's a great opportunity for us, my people in my class, to come up and take the responsibility that they once had and learn from them and lead the young core to be ready for their, this final spot when they get to the point. And do you have any personal goals for this year? Is there something that you're working towards during this season? Yeah, just trying to get better and win a national championship. You know, just win. That's pretty much it. And how much does it mean to have Caleb McConnell back on this team? I mean, it means a lot. You know, he just won um, co-defensive player of the year, so... Um, Great player. Uh, I enjoy playing with him, and I'm um, looking forward to what we're going to do next season. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Yes, sir. Thank you.
So that is it for our Rutgers men's basketball content today. Back here in studio, Eddie Kalegi, David Palumbo, and Ellis Gordon. Uh, shout out to Ellis and Gideon for being there and getting us some great clips and great audio. And once again, if you missed any of it, football, men's soccer, basketball, the pressers, uh, you can check them out when we post uh, these epi- this episode of The Crew on Spotify. Ellis being that you were there, you already analyzed a lot with a lot of the players, but this team as a whole, what you know, what you've seen, obviously things can change between now and November, but without Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr., but with the adjustments they've made, what do you see as the ceiling or just what, what your general expectation is for this team heading into the season and how they can contend in the Big Ten and potentially try to get back to the tournament once again? Oh, I love this team. Um, I think... I think this team would be very good. Ceiling, I think I, I think they have a good chance of making the tournament. Less than last year, obviously, but still a good chance. I, I forgot to mention, by the way, Cam Spencer, so competitive. Every missed shot, he was like mad. Like, but like, like kind of like that Jordan mad. Obviously, I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan, but like that mentality. But um, but in terms of listen, I think their defense can actually improve. Pykel actually told us he thinks the defense will improve. Um, from last year, which was great. I think the two biggest issues facing Rutgers, Pykel did kind of allude to the fact that someone he trusts those players, but someone's going to need to step up for those last. He said, "Well, first off, he actually kind of said like we hope that there's no late games like heroics, but someone's going to troll like someone. There needs to be someone who can take the final shot." He said he trusts those players, but you know someone needs to emerge in that role, right? Um, that's a big issue. Like two minutes left. Does Rockers right now have a player who can just bring like a Gio Ron who brought the ball up the floor, splashed a three in your face, or drove in the lane? Right? We haven't seen that from any of the new guys, so that's gonna be big. Um or any of the old guys too, because that was always Gio and Ron. But again, as Pykel said in when he was talking to us, none of these guys have had a chance to because it was Gio and Ron and they were so good at it. So but maybe someone else is good we just haven't seen yet. Um, Moat Maddock hit his fair share of big shots last year, semi-big at least. Um, and then the other thing is, Pykel said his um, squad was deeper than last year. I don't know. I, I think it's deeper in terms of defense and what you can throw at him. Like, you can throw a lot more different lineups than, like, active. Because Rutgers kind of had the same lineup last year, mm-hmm. and you knew what they were going to do. Um, but in terms of scoring, I mean, let's say you have Cam's. Let's say you have your starting five of Cliff, Mawat. Um, Paul, Cam, and um, Caleb. Caleb, thank you. I mean, other than Derek Simpson, there's not a lot of scoring coming off the bench. Maybe on, maybe Andre Reber, Wolfolk, right? These are all interesting pieces, but we don't know if they can score an efficient. Well, Reber obviously efficient, but well enough level to be good enough for this bench squad scoring. So I think scoring is going to be the big issue this year. Um, and, like ISO scoring especially and late minute. And late minute scoring, especially, can we have a clutch player? But in terms of defense, I I agree with them. I think this team can be better defensively. I think this team has a chance to be more diverse in their in their offense and defense as well. Yeah, you know, I have them right now. I have them as the seventh best team in the Big Ten. Usually, the seventh best team in the Big Ten can um. Usually, the seventh best team in the Big Ten makes the tournament for the Big Ten. So that means they'll make the tournament again another fringe tournament team. That's where I got them. I think this team will be good. But listen, if, like, it's going, I mean, the Big Ten, and Pykel always says himself, the Big Ten is always hard. It's the hardest league, it's the hardest basketball league 
in in college by a good amount. Maybe the ACC is close, but no one else is pretty much closer. So it's going to be hard, but I think they make it back as the seventh best team in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's really competitive, and aside from Indiana, almost every other good team from last year has significant roster turnover, so a lot of teams are in the same boat as Rutgers, so in some way, at least for this year... yeah, I just want to say quickly that, you know, you say they have roster turnover, that's true, they did add some guys, but they're one of eight teams that didn't lose a single guy in the transfer portal, so a lot of guys are going to have to step up, but there's also a lot of familiar faces like it's not like some of these sec or big 10 teams which are like illinois for example they have seven new transfers that is it like all those seven transfers are absolute ballers but we have no idea how they fit how they play together that's complete roster turnover Rutgers has some roster turnover and some new faces stepping into star spots but overall i'd say they've been one of the more i don't know what's what's an adjective for the con they're one of the more teams with the most continuity in the Big Ten, is what I'd say, I guess, is my point. Fair enough. So we'll leave it at that. Of course, Rutgers men's basketball, their season starts in November. Fall sports getting started in about three weeks' time. Well, when we come back, we'll go to the rapid fire and go to the world of Major League Baseball. We've got some fun there to talk about the Mets and the Yankees, who now have the same record, and also the deadline, because David was MIA during the trade deadline, and he didn't know Trey Mancini got traded to the Astros, so I may may break some news for him here. Uh, So stay with us for the last 20 minutes. Rapid fire coming up. Eddie Kalegi, David Palumbo, and Ellis Gordon here on the WRSU crew on 88.7 FM or online at WRSU. We're back here on the WRSU crew, Eddie Kalegi, David Palumbo, Ellis Gordon, and let me just say this with no context, Ellis, we have something for you. When people think of New York, right, and think of baseball... I'm sorry, no one other than Mets fan are thinking of the Mets. And I saw on uh, Ben Verlander's power rankings. Two. The, yeah. Number two, Yankees and Mets, one, two oh, right yeah, now. So let's talk great... about number one, yes. the New York Yankees. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here we go. It Mets... sounds like you've got something. Got <laughs> I can admit the Mets have this year have been incredible, but not as good as the Yankees. No one's been. Uh, yeah. yeah, but Clay Holmes is the best closer in baseball. Yes, yes, that is quite the comp. The the last one is the worst one. That was a bad take. (laughs) I was gonna be done with the first three. Then I then I see there's one more episode where it says we talked about the Mets and Yankees. I skim through, and then all of a sudden I see you say that, and I'm like, all right, guy, I gotta play homes. In terms of well, you know, that was a poor take for the Clay Holmes one on me. Edwin Diaz this year is the best closer in baseball. Um, but, you know, in terms of the actual teams playing, there's no denying the Mets right now is one of the best teams, are probably the best team in baseball, and the Yankees have been slumping. But there's ebbs and flows to a season. And I get that Mets fans are starved for titles, so they'll go for we're better than the Yankees on August 8th title. I get that. I didn't say that. You didn't. Did you say, I didn't that? say that? I didn't say that you either. You did. David, you said. I said one team's going to have a better record after tonight. Facts. I know, and it's fair enough. But all I'm saying all is, right. <laughs> right now, the Yankees on a, are on a down, and the Mets aren't up. But in, like, July or June, rather, you guys weren't down or up. This is the ebbs and flows of baseball. I expect both teams to be around the same record. What I will say is, 
I was wrong about the Braves overtaking the Mets. That I'll say. But in terms of talent, right? Like the Yankees still have only lost. They've lost a lot of close games, which has been hard. But guess how many games the Yankees have lost by three runs or more? Well, they've won. They won a lot of close games in the first half, a ton. No, I know. And that's but a good. I'm, that's I'm, not just like a fluke. That's like a skill winning close games. But they've lost a lot I'm of close saying, games. But, but in the second half. But in this, you think you're right. You, you say, listen, the Yankees lost 34, 36 games or eighteen and eighteen. But on the season in total, they have thirty nine losses. Can you guess how many have been more by than three runs? Six. Yeah, six. not many. Not so, many. Six. So they're pretty much like I'm not. I obviously have worries about the Yankees, right? But you know, as you should. It's more just the Yankees Twitter than Mets fans. This team isn't. This team isn't bad. They're not bad. They're going through a rough patch. The 162 games. Rough patches happened. It's called baseball, right? You know, so I'm not, you know, I'm not worried for their, this is not being like, oh, they're going to get knocked out of the first round of the playoffs, which is like, I feel like Yankees fans are freaking out. Um, I think they'll be just fine. They're still going to have to go through the gauntlet of Houston, and the Mets are still going to have to go through the gauntlet of the Dodgers. So in terms of how I see them, I see them pretty similar. Sim, wow. Similar. I can't say it right now. Similar, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Similar ring. I can't say it at the moment. My mouth is dead. No, you're, good. Similar, you're, good. you're good. You're good. You're good. Thank you, Eddie. You're good. Thank you. Eddie. You're good. No worries. But yeah, but in terms of the two teams overall, I see them pretty, yeah, pretty similar. So, But, you know, listen, if Edwin, Edwin Diaz can keep playing like this, right? I mean, yeah, Mets are probably a little better because, yeah, the bullpen's vulnerable, but if Edwin Diaz... You have the best closer in the MLB, like that's still good enough. You know what I'm saying? So, and then Scherzer and DeGrom healthy, right? Like that's the best one to punch. So you got to be feeling good if you're a Mets fan. There's no doubt. You have three of the most dominant pitchers in yeah. baseball, just I straight mean, up. We're feeling great. We both showed up in our Mets gear. Yeah, I, uh, this shirt, funny you mention it. On my trip, my MIA hiatus, I wore this once, and one of the girls I met, Jossie, just flamed me because you see this top thing? Yes. It's, not supposed to be. it's she was saying it's supposed, oh you have like a fake chain i'm like dude it's a two dollar store i got from a thrift store in high school that has cespedes on it it's like a sponsorship thing that's like dunkin donuts i'm like dude hop off <laughs> it's not that it's not that deep bro but like it's a cool shirt yeah it's a cool shirt thank you buddy and also the neon yellow color that like that that's cespedes is known for that with the sleeve and <laughs> everything with the parrot back in the day i mean preach keep yes, going keep yes, going keep, yes, thank you thank indeed. you so i mean shout out jossie but you don't have to wear my shirt dog and I've got my Jeff McNeil shirt. It's, you do. It's the wrong number because Jeff, number changed, six. <laughs> Jeff changes his number every two years. But you know what? He's the squirrel. He's great. He's uh, he's a beast. Yeah, he is. And uh, now we can talk about it. Yeah. So they trade away Jordan Montgomery. Who else did the Yankees trade away? I know they trade away Gallo. Well, yeah. Before um, before we, we get to the Gallo. before we get to that though, Ellis, what is your thoughts? Because I, I thought it was. I have a couple of Yankee friends that are Yankee fans that were completely freaking out when literally in the last second of the deadline they trade away Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader, who's not even that good of a hitter and can't even play till September. So, I, well, how do you feel about that as a Yankee fan? At first, I hated it and I was confused. I still don't like it, but I'm less confused now. Um, it was clearly a postseason only move, right? Monty's a good pitcher, but he wasn't seeing time in the postseason except for maybe limited pen action. Um, now, well, let me just explain what I think Cashman was thinking first before you, I say my opinion on it. Um, so he is a kind of he is kind of a postseason really negligible because honestly, I rather have 
Schmidt pitched three innings in the postseason. He was used to the the reliever role. Then Monty in the postseason. Bader will probably play in the postseason. First off, he's ridiculously fast, kind of like an amped up Tim LaCastro in that point. And that's, I mean, look at Dave Roberts for the Red Sox in the early 2000s. Like that's such a, that's such a, you know, as the Yankee, like that, that, that's important. Um, he's the best by metrics wise center fielder in the MLB. And you say he hits bad, but as much as I love Hicks, he's been hitting better than Hicks for the last, you know, I mean, Hicks is, Hicks is pretty years. bad. <laughs> but, you know, Hicks has been pretty bad. So he's an upgrade at bat for the bat. And you say Hicks has power, but Hicks has only hit six home runs this year. So it's <laughs> not very good. So, I mean, I think Bader, if Bader is healthy, he will start in the playoffs to be a huge upgrade. And you've also got the best with Bader. You've got, I think, far and away the best defensive team in the MLB in the in the postseason for sure. Bader, above average defender, Ben Attendee. Yeah, he has a bit of a noodle arm, which sucks. But in terms of defending, he's an above average defender. Other than that, we know Judge is a great defender. Stan DH, but he's a good defender too. People just, you know, he has made some errors, but I think overall he's a good defender metrics wise. And then all around the infield, you've got above average defenders. So our defense will be stellar. Bader isn't a. Bader, yes, he's not the best at bat, but he's still an upgrade over Hicks, theoretically, right? And he'll get postseason playing time, something Monty wasn't. Now, that all makes sense, and it's fine and dandy, but here's where I disagree. One, Monty was a pretty big guy in the clubhouse, from all my knowledge. You, you can't trade big guys in the clubhouse. It ruins morale. Two, the regular season still matters. I want the first seed from the Astros. Luckily, the Astros are also slumping, but, you know, in what might you know, obviously I'm not trying to write off completely the Blue Jays, but most likely the Yankees and Astros will be in a meeting in the ALCS. And both teams are very evenly matched. And this game might go to seven. And, you know, you want home field advantage for that seventh game. And Herman's, well, Herman's actually been pitching good, weirdly enough, but Herman, you know, he's going to lose you more games than Monty is, even though the last two starts he's been very good. Um... But regardless, I'm not a Herman guy, and I'm yeah, especially his personal life. But um, but yeah, so so I still think regular season matters, and I even though Monty would not have gotten postseason opportunities per se, right? He still he still the, the regular season still matters, and that's why I say we lost the trade. But the other trades were fantastic, fantastic. So I can't hate the trade deadline overall. Yeah, I think overall the Yankees made smart moves. I'm shocked the Dodgers actually wanted to trade for Joey Gallo, and that was like their one of their only moves. But the Dodgers, he I mean, two they, against got... the shift. Whoa. You understand, Eddie? He's Whoa. had two hits against the shift. He's had zero hits against the shift as a Yankee, or I think he had like one. How is this possible? How many so sacrifices does he have in his career? I know some, probably he probably already doubled it with the Dodgers, but <laughs> I mean, I, I think it was the beard. But we did like honestly, we got our tenth. We got our like fifth best pitching prospect for him in our farm, so like that's pretty good. And overall, with the Yankees too, something I'm proud of is well, not necessarily proud of, but is nice is we really only gave up one elite prospect. We still, and that was um, Luis Medina, Ken Waldachuk. Um, and Medina Ken was Waldichuk. good too. He's good, but he's not elite. He's I think one of the best pitching prospects. I follow no, it slightly. I, I follow it slightly. I think our three elite prospects were Waldachuk. Peraza well, pitching, 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 pitching. I was talking pitching. Oh, pitching, yeah. I'm talking about Waldachuk uh, altogether. Waldachuk, yeah, yeah. Peraza. And I haven't seen him personally, so I'm not yet to get, like, I'm not ready to, like, anoint him, but everyone I've heard, including one of my friends who's, like, a 
who like pretty much covers the minors for the Yankees and Nets for Yes Network, right? They all think Volpe's next Derek Jeter. So not losing not losing Prazer or Volpe is gonna be is pretty big. Prazer um, got a ton of hype this past weekend too. Well, um, that's because I keep people are mad at IKF yeah. for no reason. Well, Prazer is uh, also just dominating AAA. Well, yeah, I understand why you want to call him up. But people hit on IKF. The dude is like hitting, hitting 275 with pretty good defense. IKF hasn't been horrible. It, the, I think, I mean, not I think, but the strength of the Yankees in the first half was the starting pitching, right? Like, Cortez was yeah. amazing. He wasn't supposed to be amazing. Montgomery was great. Tyone, all these guys were having awesome years. While the offense was good, it was above average, but, I mean, Judge, obviously, spectacular. Yeah. Rizzo was above oh, average. Glaber was... They are the anti-Mets offense. Yeah. Um, Stan was doing well. Uh, Glaber was doing pretty well. But just like the other guys, DJ, like, he was having a good year but not great. A lot of the other guys, like, good, not great. And then it's caught up to them well, now DJ in the second half. Great. Huh? DJ the last month has been a top five hitter. I'm talking about the first half of the year, fam. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. And I'm saying second half of the year, it's kind of caught up to them where the starting pitching hasn't been as good. And then just – Everything else is leveled out. Yeah, and that's that's the big question here because that's why I don't like this trade because while you, you mentioned it, Harrison Bader, there's significant improvements from Aaron Hicks, and defensively, he's such a great defensive center fielder. But for a Yankees team that has questionable starting pitching, we've never seen Nestor Cortez put it together for an entire season, and he has you know kind of come back, cooled, to, off, cooled off a little bit. Uh, Tyone as well. Uh, Severino is... Hurt, as always, and then whatever happened laugh. to Garrett Cole giving up home runs to Jared Kelenic in the first inning? I mean, uh, that, that was that's my guy, Jared. And I know I I I'm I Jared, Garrett Cole's a great pitcher and he's a great starter, but a lot of times against good teams, he'll have these random implosions. We saw it in the wild card game, and we saw it against Seattle, and. You can't. I mean, you you say that thing about the wild card game, and that goes back to Ellis's point about the home field advantage too. They well, played that game in Boston. Well, that is true, and that could be a real thing, man. It is a lot easier to play at home in the playoffs. So if they could get the one seed, that actually matters. Yeah, and then that's why Eric Cole not having to pitch in Houston matters. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and that's why they should have kept Jordan Montgomery because even if he wasn't going to be in the postseason rotation, he's a great number four in your rotation during the regular season to help set you up and get you wins, and that'll help you overcome the Astros and set it up that four of the seven games in that series are in the Bronx. But I'll leave it at that about the Yankees. Let's talk about some of these other deadline moves. Uh, so, David, I know you weren't familiar with the Mancini move. Are you familiar with everything the I'm, Padres did? I'm pretty, well, they got Josh Bell and Soto. And Brandon Drury, who hit a grand slam in his first plate appearance. Brandon Drury was a bench player on the Mets. He was a triple-A player last year for the most part. And was an all-star this year. Like, it's the most Mets thing of all time. He did do one thing. Remember last no, year? No, he was solid. Yeah, he he was solid. He tied the record for most consecutive plate appearances reaching base. He made he, he reached base solid. 11 straight times in a series, but with the Mets last year. Is is there any news on when Tatis is coming back? They say, like, early September. Oh, so. my gosh. Just from a off-season motorcycle injury. Man, that that stinks. Yeah, but... wow. And That's late. And clearly, despite all their moves, they still got swept by the Dodgers and outscored 20-4 to in the series. So, uh, What's the general consensus on the trade? Did they overpay? No. I, the, no, the, right? no, it's really the opposite. Some people don't think Washington got enough. And then, Washington, I don't think well, do you, are you familiar with the whole Eric Hosmer situation, how he was going to get traded and then he refused to go to Washington? Well, he almost got traded for Dom Smith. 
in well, a couple well, months. Well, no, but what? Yeah, but what happened at the deadline? He that's was, what we're talking about. No, he was originally in the Soto trade, and then he said he refused. So then they had to throw Luke Voigt in instead. And oh, yeah, Luke I know. Luke was probably, like, so mad. He was going to get to be on the super team, and then instead he gets shipped off to Washington, <laughs> and then they trade Hosmer to the Red Sox. Interesting. No, I did not know about this. I know that Luke Voigt's on the Nationals because I saw him not hustling after a horrible throw yesterday on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, oh, he's also on my fantasy team, and I saw that he changed logos. Yeah. And I was a little confused, but then I figured it out. Yeah, but there was, yeah, there was, there was a holdup because all of a sudden they had it all set, and then wait a second, Eric Hosmer has uh, no trade clause with eight teams, and Washington is one of them. Oh, and, what the heck? Yeah, and then he, didn't, he they were asking him, and they probably like offered him stuff, and he's like, no, I'm not going to Washington. So they're like, okay, gotta send them another first baseman, Luke. Sorry, <laughs> you're off to D.C. Have fun. Playing for the Nationals with Nelson Cruz, and yeah, he he went, and then Hosmer, of course, probably wasn't going to be able to show his face in San Diego after all that. So then they traded him to Boston instead, and it's weird. And they had Josh Bell now to play first base and DH, so Hosmer's and Will Myers is healthy. So Josh Bell is good too. Yeah, Josh Bell is was a really good move, and he was playing really well with yeah. Washington this year. There were some rumors about him coming to the Mets. Yeah, but the Mets got Daniel Vogelbach, which is all that matters. Dude, when I saw that, I'm like. Who is this guy? Yeah, and then and he's just like fat, and then he's just doing great. Like he's everyone, just, he's such a good hitter. He like he has such a pure swing. He just yeah. holds back and then just slams. Coming it. into uh, like before the trade, he was like really good against either lefties or righties. Right? Yeah. Which one? I forgot, but it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter because now he's great about against both. <laughs> I'll, I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. And uh, trade for Naquin. Yeah, Naquin's been like decent. he's a solid. Yeah. He looks like your typical baseball player. Yeah. When I think of a baseball player. I can think of like Josh Hamilton, like Tyler Naquin, like they that that like build. He looks like a baseball player. Ruff's got three. Evan Slight, you know, Rutgers baseball. Oh yeah, he looks like a baseball player. Darren Ruff's got three RBIs since he came into the Mets. Darren Ruff stinks, right? Well, he's 36, but he played well. He played well for the Giants last year when they made it to the playoffs. So well, everyone played well. Everyone had random career years for the Giants last yeah. year. Brandon Crawford, the best defensive player of all time, a horrible offensive player, somehow has an amazing offensive year last year. Should tell you enough. Yeah, uh, and then Michael Givens came to the Mets. Uh, he's who was that? He was he's well he was a really good reliever for the Orioles uh, back in the day and he had a two point six he had a two point six ERA this year with the Cubs oh. but he's given up multiple runs in both of his appearances so far. Is he lefty or righty? Uh, righty. He was like okay. A, well, he could join Trevor May. He in was the list a, of relievers he, that are yeah. righties that are horrible. Yeah, he was a setup man when Buck was the manager of the Orioles. Now he's with the Cubs this <laughs> that year. That was a long time ago. Yeah, but he had a two point six ERA this season. Then he comes to the Mets and the Nationals. With no Juan Soto, no Josh Bell, basically a triple-A lineup. He gives up four runs to them, and they have to waste Diaz and bring him in for a save against the Nationals. And then he gave up two runs, uh, I think, against Miami. Not Miami. I think in one of the games against Atlanta. So that's his two appearances so far. Yeah, that's pretty stupid. But at least it was somebody for the bullpen. But, you know, if the Mets trade for a reliever who was good for another team, he's never good with the Mets initially. It's okay. Joelle's been good. Yeah, Joelle. And Adovino. Yeah, Adovino's been really solid. And Edwin, of course, and we don't the even trumpets. have to talk about that. And Jacob Degrom is back, and he's striking people out. I, I, Dude, you say that, and then he gets her, and Ellis makes a clip of you talking about Degrom. So I would just hold your horses okay. because I watched yes- a oh, bunch I'm of yesterday's thing. Clip. I root for Degrom's health. We all do, know. but it's just inevitable that there's a there's a chance he gets he's re-hurt. So good, he's but you know what? Far. You know what? You enjoy it while he's oh, out yeah, there. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. I, you I, have to. You have to. It was this. It was. I, I end with this. It was the he's second. The it was the second most viewed game ever on SNY behind oh, wow. the game in 2008 when Degrom pitched yesterday. Well, I mean, it was 
It was awesome yeah. to watch. It was he awesome. made one mistake. One mistake. He's going to be so good in the next start because you know he's so competitive. He's going to be really mad about yeah. the Swanson pitch. I can't wait to see it. But we'll leave it at that. Uh, enjoyed today's show. We had some football, soccer, and basketball pressers. Scott Einhorn is up next for Ellis Gordon on Zoom and David Palumbo here. Eddie Kalegi signing off.